0: Welcome to the QB list waiver wire podcast. This is week two and I am Eric Smith editor-in-chief of QBList.com. and today I am joined with Callen Elslager to talk about uh, waiver wire pickups this week. It's going to be a short and to the point podcast. So um, hopefully this helps you making some roster decisions. There were a lot of injuries and uh, backfields and flux and big receiving games this week. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, We'll be doing this every week. It'll release Monday night or Tuesday morning, so I hope you'll check us out. Um, follow along at the QB list on Twitter, and yeah, let's get into it. Callan, how are you doing? How was your first week of the season? And um, yeah, just tell us about yourself
1: a little bit. It's good to be back, Eric. I'm glad to be doing this show a few. Last year, we did start sit. Transitioning over to waivers will be a, a different challenge, but I'm excited to do it. Uh, week one went well. i won probably the majority of my leagues when I lost my Steelers won, just like your Bengals. So we're both at the rare point where we're both undefeated. I never thought I would say that, but it's good to be back. It was a, it was a fun way to kick off the season.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, the AFC North is probably going to be brutal all season, so uh, we can't really rest yet. But uh, it's it's good to start out. one to know for sure? So, um, yeah, I was happy to have Cowan come on to the waiver wire podcast this year, and uh, yeah, just do some great things. So let's just get right into it. Um, running back is the most important position when it comes to the waiver wire, in my opinion. So we're going to start there, um, and we're going to start. You know, the hot topic in San Francisco with Elijah Mitchell. Um, he's currently eight percent rostered in yahoo leagues that's what we're going to be using here uh yahoo um and he gets a week two matchup against philadelphia obviously with raheem mostert out for what seems to be eight weeks now um he is a hot ad so callan what do you think about elijah mitchell here and his prospects going forward in san francisco
1: we saw as soon as raheem mostert went out elijah mitchell took the bulk of the workload and he may do that going forward the thing that concerns me Trace Sermon was a healthy scratch this week, and they're not going to be able to do that this week. They've invested more capital in Trace Sermon in the draft than they did Elijah Mitchell. While they're high on Elijah Mitchell in the sixth-round pick, there are some people who are talking. We had a good conversation in the Discord today. That Sermon was benched basically because of special team purposes. That he, The running backs they carried were better for special teams, and now that they have, don't have Raheem Mostert, they may be able to carry Sermon. And we all know this. We talk about it every year. Kyle Shanahan is a mess when it comes to his running backs. He's going to mix guys in. So Elijah Mitchell, absolutely worth an ad. He's probably the number one waiver priority this week. But yeah, I have absolutely. no idea what to do when it comes to starting him or putting him immediately in my lineups because for all we know, Jeff Wilson can get the bulk of the carries when he gets back or it could go back to Jamichael Hasty. So hmm. it's going to be a mess, but he's definitely worth getting on your roster. At the very least, try and block someone else from here. There's people comparison, comparing him to this year's James Robinson, and there is potential for that.
0: Yeah, and yeah, deciding to start him next week that's a whole different conversation here. But I agree, this is someone worth adding. Mostert only played four snaps last week. Um, after that, Elijah Mitchell 35, Hasty 16. Of course, it was just the two of them though, so we expect to add Sermon back in. Um, uh, but yeah, I agree, this is worth a shot. There's just so much potential in this offense. I mean, he went over 100 yards last week. Yes, it was against the, the Lions, but this is a good rushing attack. So I'm on board with you. I'm going to try to get Mitchell. Uh, we talked about it a little before the show, though. I'm not sure if we are going to go as o- overboard as others are. Um, if you have just waiver priority order, I think it's probably worth using a high waiver priority on him. Just, you know, use it. Um, You'll kind of cycle back up the list later and maybe you can get back up in a high priority. But if it's fab budget, I have a feeling we're going to get outbid on him. I'm probably thinking more of like a 20% bid or something. Is is that kind of the ballpark you're thinking in here?
1: Yeah, if I was doing it from my fab, it's probably gonna be 20 to 25%. I think in a lot of leagues, he's going to get up to 30%, something like that. I don't know if I'm willing to go as high just because of what I said because of the unpredictability of the San Francisco backfield, but 20-25% is a good bar to set for him.
0: Yeah, and I think the appealing thing here, too, is I know they always do a committee here in San Francisco, but, I mean, Mostert's out eight weeks now. Jeff Wilson Jr. is already hurt. Uh, Last I saw, it was like a six- to eight-week timetable. Uh, so they're already getting thin here. So, I mean, as much as Shanahan likes to rotate these backs, uh, they're running out of them. So uh, Mitchell yeah. and Sermon would be my favorites. I think Hasty, he was an undrafted rookie last year. Uh, I think he's behind the three of them right now. But who knows? He could spike up this week. But I guess that means we're not super interested in Hasty adding him, right? He'd be the super deep league.
1: Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that because I still... But like I said, both sermon was the healthy scratch. They can't do that this year and they still have a lot of capital invested in him. So sermon's gonna be back and right in that mix next week, I believe.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sounds good to me. Um, So put in a bid for um, Elijah Mitchell. Maybe just don't go crazy. Um, But I I think he's going to be useful this year for sure. Um, Next up, I know a lot of people are going to see this box score and go out and try to add him. So um, Mark Ingram, Houston Texans. I think it's a kind of a shock that we're talking about him here. But after his week one performance, it's worth it. So, uh, Callan, where do you stand on Mark
1: Ingram this week? I'm not interested. You know, I I don't think Texans are going to be in many game scripts when they are carrying the ball and having to run out the clock. They're going to be playing from behind a lot and Mark Ingram's not the back you're going to see when they're playing from behind. He played in only 46% of the snaps this week and it's still not even half and they had the lead for the vast majority. We know Philip Lindsay's going to be involved. We all projected him to be kind of the lead back and that didn't work out exactly this week. And David Johnson, you saw on backfield, he caught a touchdown as well, so I'm not interested. Texans aren't going to have many game scripts like they did this week, and they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and that's going to lead to more David Johnson involvement than Mark Ingram.
0: Yeah, that was a wild week one game where they got up on Jacksonville and held it all game. Uh, Mark Ingram, 35 snaps led the way, but uh, David Johnson, 22, Philip Lindsay, 20. Uh, they were splitting up the work for sure. So I wouldn't expect a lot of games where Mark Ingram can get 26 carries, whatever it was. So I'm with you. I am not looking to add Ingram. Maybe if he's sitting there after waivers runs, uh, think about him if you're struggling. But I've got my early, early uh, rankings this week going. Uh, I've got him at like rb 42 i'm just i'm just not really looking you're hoping for a touchdown i think if you if you start them so um against cleveland i would expect they are behind throughout so uh i, I assume nobody in this backfield we're really looking at right i mean unless maybe david johnson took back over and had a pass catching role
1: that's about it david johnson was the only one i was really drafting i took some flyers on lindsey late but johnson would be probably the one i'd rank and be most interested if for some reason he was still out there
0: yeah, I have some Lindsey on my teams as well. Uh, I'd say he's worth cutting. He was third in snap share, and I'm kind of shocked that he's not the uh, the between-the-tackles rusher over Mark Ingram, honestly. I, I thought he would have that over Ingram. I thought him and David Johnson would split it. So I would bail on this whole backfield. Um, if you have to have one, I suppose it's Ingram, but I, I just don't think it's going to last. So, um, All right, next up on the running back rankings, um, Kenneth Gainwell, this is another surprising one for the Eagles. I think it looked like a backfield that was going to be a little jumbled with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. You know, they're kind of adding a lot of names throughout the preseason. Uh, Gainwell is currently 8% rostered on
1: Yahoo. Um, what are your thoughts on Kenneth Gainwell of the Eagles? The most encouraging thing for Kenneth Gainwell is not his work himself. He did get a touchdown, but Boston Scott didn't see a single snap. So I think the Eagles pretty much said it from the beginning there. Kenneth Gainwell's the guy behind him. There's no more Boston Sky. He'll get some work. But if something was to happen to Miles Sanders, which kind of happens, he's dealt with some injuries throughout his career. Kenneth Gainwell is probably going to take the lead back role. So there is some interest in getting him, especially if you're the Miles Sanders owner. I try and go hard to get him. I don't know if he's at the point yet where he's going to have his own standalone role, but as a handcuff or someone to grab in case of injury. Absolutely. I do have some interest in Kenneth Gainwell. He did see 35% of the snaps, which was a lot more than I would have expected from him. So there's interest to get him as a handcuff for sure. I'm not going to drop a lot of fab on him, but if I can try and sneak him out, I'm interested.
0: Yeah, and this is one I was curious to see how it'd shake out. Uh, he kind of got some, like, Naheem Hines comparisons coming out, a fifth-round pick, which I thought was a little odd because that's Miles Sanders. He's a good pass catcher, you know? So um, I was kind of surprised to see him see the field this soon. So, yeah, I mean, he got some catches. He had a touchdown rush. I, there's some encouraging stuff. But San Francisco this week, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to start him if that's what you're looking for. This is this is a
1: long-term ad, I would say. Um, yeah, and adding so, to it, you mentioned the comparison to Naheem Hines. Nick Sirianni Mm -hmm. comes from the Frank Wright coaching tree. We saw what they were able to do with Naheem Hines. If Gainwell's able to establish themselves, I know he wasn't targeted fully this week, but keep an eye on that. If he wants to really put him into that role, it could be Mm -hmm. interesting. Yep. And I would also say,
0: though, if we see Boston Scott on the field next week, uh, probably run away from Gainwell. So um, who knows with these backfields at times. But yeah, looks like a good player and he's young. That's always nice to have at running back, some fresh legs. So, Um, all right, next up, we've got Tony Jones. Uh, from the New Orleans Saints, 23% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, What are your thoughts on Jones, who is
1: the handcuff to Alvin Kamara right now? That's really what I'm more interested in. him. Is just as the handcuff to Kamara. He doesn't fully have that standalone value. He didn't see a tremendous amount of work this week. I mean, he got 11 carries, so I shouldn't say that. I don't think he's as good with Murray, where I kind of before his year was thinking he might have some standalone value. But he's worth a flyer. He's worth picking up. I know he was kind of getting some intrigue as soon as Murray was Murray was dry, uh, cut. I don't know why I forgot that word, but <laughs> definitely go get him if he's still out there. Uh, try and see if you can get that lightning in the bottle. Same thing. If something happens, Camara, Tony Jones, and we must own.
0: Yeah, they're, again, uh, kind of like the Texans. There aren't going to be that many game, scrip- game scripts as good as this one for the Saints, um, but it was just Camara and Jones. Camara, 45 snaps, Jones, 22. Um, so he's the worst the handcuff. Um, he's going to get some work, good offensive line, well-coached team. So, uh, yeah, it's just I don't think we would expect 11 carries. So if you're the type that wants to handcuff your running backs, I would say go for it. Otherwise, um, you know, maybe if it's later in the year, you're looking at Jones and, uh, you know, with a bunch of injuries. But I would hope you have better options than Jones right now. But definitely one to watch list and keep on your radar if, if Kamara ever hits the injury report. Um, so yeah, next up we've got James White, 34% rostered. Um, he had you know, I, I think an encouraging week one. So, where are you at on James White going into week two with a matchup against the Jets, which is appealing?
1: Great matchup against the Jets. He does always have that standalone value. It's tough. I mean, he did get seven targets, which was like you said, very encouraging. We were wondering if he would still have that PPR value, and he did. You wonder if the game script might be a little bit different this week where we're not gonna be playing in a closer game, they're going to be running the clock out. Probably sets himself up for more of Damien Harris role or game where we going be Brown and pound. Maybe even Andre Stevenson gets more involved this week, but I would go and get James James White. I like him for PPR just depending on game script. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Yep. He had six catches last week. And uh, now that Mac Jones is in charge here, not Cam Newton, we can expect more than 15 passes a game or whatever. So um I, that's kind of why I'm interested in James White. I think if you had a team and, you know, you had Trey Sermon as your RB2 and, you know, Zach Moss on your team and you needed someone to pick up and start, uh, there are worse options than James White. You wouldn't be thrilled about it, but uh, you're at least going to get some points for him and maybe he'll maybe fall into the end zone. So, all right, I think those are our kind of priority ads this week. Um, Callan, do you want to kind of rank these five we talked about? Um, and you can even tell me if there are ones you just wouldn't even consider this week. But who, who are you looking at? What's the order for you?
1: Yeah, I think I'd put Mitchell as my top priority. Like you mentioned, San Francisco, you can catch lightning in the bottle here. The rest I'll take, I'll, I'll put Ingram too. I don't love it, but if he is getting the lead back role, it's always worth having. And then I'll go Gainwell, Jones, Jones White. Or we had it, I think. I think it's how I'd have it. Okay. Uh, yeah, for me, I would,
0: it's definitely Mitchell at number one. Um, and I, you know, Honestly, I think most of the others I wouldn't bother with just because I'm not one to handcuff a whole lot. Um, I would probably put James White as number two, just if you were desperate for someone to plug and play, but... Uh, maybe I'm underselling the Ingram lead back role here. Um, and I know we're both down on him, so I'm not saying you're high on him. But yeah. uh, I just – I would rather put someone else on my bench, honestly, and hope for some more upside. So I think it's Mitchell, maybe White, and I'm probably passing on the rest. So I think we're pretty much on the same page there. Nobody's really jumping out after Mitchell. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say go get Mitchell on your waiver waiver wire if he's there. Maybe not – don't go nuts, but he's definitely worth a spot. Um, so looking at players who you could drop here, Callen – um, I know there's a lot of people freaking out about Trey Sermon, who was inactive uh, first week. Same with Zach Moss, who was inactive. Uh, we also have Raheem Mostert out with a long injury. Uh, Michael Carter, he had a disappointing week. A.J. Dillon is kind of, you know, handcuffed, maybe some standalone value. Um, who would you drop for probably primarily Elijah Mitchell? Um, any other names that come to mind for you?
1: Yeah, I'm not dropping Sermon. I know we had mentioned it. He's going to be involved next week. That's probably pretty much my prediction is he's going to get off the ride get off the bench he's going to get in the game and he'll be involved so don't drop him I'd be fine dropping Zach Moss at this point I think that they pretty much set set in stone from Devin Singletary looked good with the work he got so we're not going to rush to get Zach Moss out there as the lead back so I'm fine dropping Moss I'm fine dra- dropping Michael Carter I know he has the most upside for the Jets but they did just lose Mikai Becton for an extended period of time and that's going to hurt that offensive line that frankly did not look so good and there is upside there but i think at this point there is more upside of elijah mitchell so those are two that stand out the most to me for drop obviously if you don't have an ir spot raheem mostert's droppable but i wouldn't mind stashing him on the ir but aj Dillon, i'm not dropping i think he's gonna be fine the rest of the way but mm-hmm. moss and carter I'm, I'm dropping at this point for mitchell
0: okay yeah i i'm definitely keeping sermon and aj Dillon as well um i would i would strongly recommend that you keep them actually uh mostert uh, if you don't have an IR spot, I'm getting rid of him. That's just too long to hold someone, in my opinion, especially someone as injury-prone as Mostert. Um, Moss is a tricky one. Like, I know he had had an injury in camp, and he was playing um, towards the end of the preseason. I wonder if they're taking it easy with him, like Sermon. Um, you know, when, when Singletary – it was, you know, there was kind of wonder if it was going to be Singletary and Breda with Moss inactive and they barely use Breda. So it was all Singletary. And I just, I'd be surprised if it's all Singletary all year. So I'd give a little thought to Moss. I wouldn't fault you for bailing on him. Um, And Michael Carter, you know, if it's just a question, was it, he's a rookie and they wanted to ease him in, but I mean, he was behind Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. So I think it's safe there on Carter. I was never that high on him, but you probably spent a decent draft pick. So Um, I I would say for sure, cut Mostert. um, And then Moss and Carter are very close, but I I think it's worth just going for the hot hand and go with Mitchell here. So I think we're on the same page. Um, So yeah, other than that, though, I would probably hang on to the rest of those running backs um, other than Mostert for these other options. I just, I don't see the upside here. So uh, yeah, that's a good wrap up on running backs. Um, And let's get to receivers. There's actually a few kind of tandems here with teams. So we're going to group these up by teams a little bit. Um, We're going to start in Denver. Uh, This was probably the saddest for me this week was that Jerry Judy is going to be out an extended amount of time with a high ankle sprain. I think they're saying four to six weeks, but you never know with these things. It could linger. So, um, Callan, what do you think about KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick filling in for Judy in
1: Denver? There's definitely some intrigue. We all, all were very excited about going into this year, about getting, um, about getting Jerry as number two in Cortland Sutton as the one-two combo. We were all excited. We all thought Bridgewater was going to bring some uptick to their value. And now all of a sudden, with Judy out, this there's a standalone value for both of these guys. I think I would prefer Tim Patrick because he was on the field more when it came down to it. Tim Patrick saw 70% of the snaps. While K.J. Hamler only had, was it 40, 47, 36%, excuse me. I was looking at the wrong number. But K.J. Hamler, I think, has more upside. But Tim Patrick was just the one getting the ball to work. He did catch that touchdown from... Bridgewater. So right now I would probably prefer Tim Patrick. They did see four targets each, which is interesting. Like Hamler got that amount of targets with less work, but I think just the fact that Patrick's on the field a little bit more, I'd prefer him at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Hamler did drop like a deep bomb for a touchdown yeah. from uh, Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't the greatest throw in the world, but he was open. Um, so he could have had a huge day if not for that drop. But um, I do agree. Patrick was on the field a lot more. They have a really nice matchup against Jacksonville this week. I'm not sure if you can pull the trigger starting them this week, but um, they could definitely see their stock rise after this one. I mean, Jacksonville just got torched by Houston. So um, they're both about 2% rostered. They're out there in all of your leagues. I think they both deserve a spot on your bench. I guess the question is, would you be using a a priority add on them or any fab budget, or you just kind of letting waivers process and then see if they're still out there?
1: I think for them, I am going to just let waivers process and see what's still out there. It's interesting, but because it's such a competition for second, tar- second receiver, could be Patrick, could be Hambler, I'm not comfortable making it a priority to go get these guys because it could easily be one or the other, and I don't want to have to try and sh- predict between the two and drop a bunch of fab on, a mm-hmm. guess, at this point. So I'll throw some bids out there. I probably, if I had fab, would go 10 to 15% go conservative bid and try and get them, but... I wouldn't go nuts for either of them, but if I can get one and stash them,
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think there are a a lot of people out there in Twitter and, you know, across fantasy football that would kind of stand on the table for both of these players. They have some fans. Uh, Hamler was a second round pick last year. He's he's fast. He can stretch the defense out of the slot. There's a lot to like there. And Tim Patrick's just one of those good football players that never goes away and always produces to some extent. So it's a tricky one. Um, I, I think I would also let waivers process and grab one. Um, you know, I, I, don't know that how high the upside is with Teddy Bridgewater under center, but there's definitely, uh, could be some starts here out of these players. So I have my eye on them for sure. Um, I think I've got more interest though, in the next player on the list, uh, I kind of been touting him during the off season. That's Sterling Shepard, uh, 39% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, Callan, what are your thoughts on Sterling
1: Shepard? I was shocked to see what the workload that Shepard had. My question is, you know, Kadarius Tony was working his in slowly because he was dealing with an injury throughout camp. Kenny Galladay was clearly dealing something throughout camp. Were they just easing him in and therefore that allowed Sterling Shepard to get the majority of the work, or is this kind of a role we're going to see from Sterling Shepard? So I'm cautiously optimistic. I was very impressed. We did see him on the field for 95% of the snaps, which was awesome. I didn't think we'd get that much, but with the amount of other receivers out there, and plus Evan Ingram's hurt and he was out this week when he comes back, does that cut into his workload a bit? So I'm interested. I'm going to try and get him if I can. But with Galladay slowly working his way back, Tony working his way back, Ingram hurt. There's a lot of mouths to feed in New York. And I think once they all get healthy, we're going to see this, 20, this target share of 25% that we saw from Shepard probably drop down to 15 to 20, something in that range. So, mm-hmm. you know, buy in because he could still have some value with that amount because the Giants are going to be throwing the ball. A lot. It may not be accurate throws of Daniel Jones, but <laughs> if he's the safe safety net, then that'd be good value. But don't expect something like this. He's going to probably drop down to maybe to, maybe the to second target, but it's gonna be battling with a bunch of other guys that's going to really hurt in the long run.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, definitely don't expect seven for 113 and a touchdown out of Shepard. Uh, one thing I like about him is he's better in the slot, and they've kind of had to use him as number one receiver. So, uh, you know, if Galladay's out there, I think it takes a little pressure off him and lets him play where he's best. They play Washington this week, which is a really tough matchup. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of matchup you might go to the slot player a lot, kind of safe passes. So... I like Shepard. I have him on some teams. I I think if you're loaded at receiver, then you don't need to bother with him. But if you had some injuries and you need someone like in your flex this week, I could see throwing a couple bucks on him, real low bid, um, just to get him on your team and have an option to start. Maybe if you're waiting on some injury news or something. So I like Shepard, but his upside is capped unless Galladay gets hurt again. I, I agree with that. So um, let's move on to the Arizona wide receivers. They had two interesting receivers pop this week. Uh, we have Christian Kirk, 14% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He he has not gone away yet, despite us all burying him several times. Uh, Christian Kirk is back, apparently. And then Rondale Moore, uh, the rookie receiver, 27% rostered in Yahoo. Um, what are your thoughts on these two? Any interest here? Or is this kind of, uh, you know, took advantage of a really bad Titans defense?
1: took advantage of a bad Titans defense. I think it's kind of a similar situation to the giants is there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And Mm -hmm. I I think at this point, we're going to see it's going to go back and forth. Rondell Moore clearly has the most upside as the rookie. He was clearly talented. He only saw, he saw five targets. Christian Kirk saw five targets. AJ green saw six targets. The ghost of AJ green that does not (laughs) want to go away. He saw six targets. So I think it's going to be another situation where there's a ton of mouths to feed. And even It's just gonna be tough to try and predict. Christian Kirk only saw the field fifty-seven percent of snaps. AJ Green was out there for eighty percent. So if it's going for the workload, he's kind of a number two for being out there the most. And he did see more targets and should have had a touchdown catch, if which he dropped. So it's another receiver core, but I'm kind of staying away from because there's no, there's nothing clear about it. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of it's mouse We take this shot, take a shot more for the upside of it. But with Green, with Kirk. I'm not going to be interested. This is probably the peak he'll get, and it was only really because of the two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the big question is Green. Is he going to keep the second most snaps on the team despite just not producing now for a year in a game pretty much? Um, If he goes away and they take snaps, then sure, I mean, it's, I guess you could say it's encouraging that Moore had that work on just 20 snaps or Kirk had that work on just 37, but if they stubbornly keep running AJ Green out there, it's really going to cap them. So I I think Moore's role in this offense is going to be there. He's going to get a lot of screens and short stuff. And I don't think that's going away. It's just, he's got to see an uptick in snaps. So yeah, I'm prioritizing Moore. I'm not going for Kirk. I'd, I'd have to be hurting pretty bad at receiver. I think Moore is fun, but You figure between Kyler rushing in touchdowns, Hopkins getting all the work, there's not going to be a ton left over most weeks. Uh, Matchup against Minnesota is pretty nice this week, so um, they could put together another good week, so we'll see. But they're definitely worth keeping an eye on. Um, If they string together a couple games, then we should be all over them, I'd say. Um, So, yeah, let's go to Buffalo. Uh, A couple secondary receivers here. Uh, We were kind of waiting during the offseason to see how this would shake out. Cole Beasley, 45% rostered. Emmanuel Sanders, 21% rostered. Um, Both had a lot of usage last week against uh, the Steelers. You watched a lot of this game. Uh, What do you think on Beasley and Emmanuel
1: Sanders? Cole Beasley, we we know what he's going to do. We know he's kind of a poor man's Julian Edelman when he was in prime. He's going to get seven to eight catches for, like he did, 60 yards and get you a consistent 12 to 15 PPR points. Cool. I'll take that in my flex. Mm -hmm. I'm buying into Emmanuel Sanders. I really like what we saw. He was explosive. He got space. Him and Josh Allen were just a little bit out of sync. We saw he broke free for a deep ball that Josh Allen just overthrew. If he completed that, that's 100 yards and touchdown right there. So I'm definitely interested in in Emmanuel Sanders. He saw the field for 93% of of snaps. Beasley saw 91, but like you said, it's more of out of the slot. Mm -hmm. I think Sanders is almost cementing himself as this number two in this offense, which can be awesome if we know how good Josh Allen is. So I'm definitely going out and trying to get Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to see a lot of work. He's looking for him deep. We saw him with less targets than Beasley, but Beasley was just a a short guy. I think Sanders is going to keep building that chemistry with Josh Allen. And in a week or two, we're going to see Emmanuel Sanders really, really look good.
0: Yeah, they're both on the field for a ton of snaps. I mean, the Bills throw a ton, and, you know, they inactivated – Uh, Zach Moss, they don't seem super (laughs) concerned about running the ball. So they're both going to see a lot of snaps and targets. I think Beasley would have been drafted in a lot more leagues, if not for his off-field drama. And we were kind of all wondering, you know, is he in the doghouse? But 13 targets week one for Beasley, eight targets for Sanders. I think they're both definite ads, depending on your roster, obviously. But Uh, Do you think it's worth using any fab or anything on them, or is this more just let everything process, kind of pick from all these receivers that are left over, but prioritize these two?
1: I think you could prioritize these two because we know Buffalo is going to be probably the highest pass volume of these teams. We know Arizona throw the ball too, but they'll still try and incorporate the run. We know it's going to be. Buffalo's going to pass it. I'm going mean, to through or probably 30 to 30 times a game, and that's going to be a lot of volume for them. So mm-hmm. I probably would prioritize these receivers over any of the ones we mentioned. And I don't know if I would go nuts with fab for any of them because it is still Emmanuel Sanders, who mm-hmm. is still kind of a, a boring receiver. We can, he's gonna get plenty of volume. So probably similar to what I said for the Denver guys, 15% yeah. of fab is what I feel comfortable
0: going with. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he is ultimately an older receiver. He's had some injury issues, but I, I do think there's a lot of potential there. Um, all right. Let's go through these next uh, few pretty quick, and then we'll get to the players to potentially drop. Um, we've got Nelson Aguilar, 33% um, rostered on in Yahoo. Um, he is, of course, on the uh, Patriots now. Zach Pascal for the Colts, 1% rostered. Um, Darnell Mooney, forty-eight percent rostered for the Bears. Devontae Parker, thirty-nine percent rostered for the Dolphins. Um, any of these stand out as players that you either want to spend fab on or deserve a spot on your roster?
1: I'll talk about Nelson Aguilar, but I was pretty impressed with what I saw. He saw eighteen percent target share for them. With Jacoby Myers pretty close as well. They saw a similar amount of snaps. Myers is more to safety. He saw every, almost every single snap. Aguilar still solid field, eighty-five percent time. He probably is the deeper threat we saw these boom bust potential that he had with vegas last year i think he fills that role pretty solidly with the patriots and i don't think they're going to be this dominant patriots team that's playing from ahead a lot where we're running and we're going to see mac jones have to air it out in a couple games so i'm intrigued with aguilar i liked what i saw work lies this week and he was that deep threat so i'm I'm interested in aguilar (laughs)
0: Okay. And my first priority, I think of this group would be Darnell Mooney for the bears. Um, 40, 48% rostered. He was on the field more than Allen Robinson last week. Um, they played a tough Rams defense and obviously Andy Dalton is, he's probably not going to be able to support two of these receivers, but we hope fields is coming. Eventually Mooney gets the Bengals this week. Um, and he had seven targets last week, and the Bengals really got picked on their, you know, second and third corners. Uh, Eli Apple was picked on a lot, so I think there's a chance if he gets another seven, eight targets against the Bengals, he blows up. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to bail from him this week uh, after that first game and what Dalton looked like. So I think Mooney's worth a shot. Uh, he's a talented young player. So I wasn't big in him on the big on him in the offseason, but if I can get him for free, I might stash him on the bench. So um, yeah, and, and then Aguilar, yeah, I mean. <laughs> how, how many games in a row is he going to produce before we start to buy in on them? So yeah, I don't, I and don't, he plays uh,
1: the Jets this week.
0: Yes. And he plays so, the Jets this week. So I think that's a good bet at a touchdown. So um, yeah, those are my two favorites. So we're going to look at some players that you could possibly drop to add some of these. Um, before we get to that though, what would you just kind of, I mean, I know we went over a lot here, but what's your kind of rough outline? Maybe your top uh, three or four ads out of this group.
1: So I think Manuel Sanders would be my top ad. I l- really like the work I saw from him. And then it would probably be the Denver guys. I would put Tim Hattrick ahead of KJ Hamler, but then KJ Hamler would probably be third for me, with Sterling Shepard a close, a close fourth.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think uh for me it's it's some group of Man, it's see, I think this probably solidifies it for me that I am just going to let waivers process and pick what's left mm-hmm. over. I, I like the chances of Denver guys. I like Shepard um, and I like Rondale Moore. The Bills receivers, I think they're intriguing as well. And then Mooney. So, yeah, the more I think about it, I think I'm going to let this process and go with what's left. Um, I, I, I really think Shepard stands out for me though. I just think for the near term future, he's got a lot of upside. For long term, I kinda like Hamler, Moore, and Mooney as kind of like season long stashes. So it kind of depends on what your roster needs here. Um so let's look at some potential drops. Um I know a lot of people are freaking out about Brandon Ayuk this week. Um, any chance, Callan, you're dropping Ayuk.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm not starting him. That's a different show, but I'm not dropping him. There's so much upside with him. So I want to stash and see how this goes. Yep. Agreed. Um, Jerry,
0: Judy, this is a tough one for me. I've got him in a lot of leaks. Um, 95% rostered still. He's going to miss four plus weeks. Um, At what point would you just rather have that roster spot is the question here. And then is he going to be back to full strength when he comes back? So where do you stand on Judy?
1: I really don't want to drop him. (laughs) I get it. If you have to, I mean, it's the easy answer is IR him. IR stash him until someone better ends up getting hurt. But I'm going to try and hold him on my bench until my roster just keeps starting. I'll give it like a couple weeks of stashing him on my bench. He's just the upside is immense for him where he's worth holding on to
0: here's my problem with holding them and I'm going back and forth on this one daily, but, um, well, it's only been one day, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so this is one of those things, man, you hold them for four weeks and then it's like, Oh, it's going to be another three. And then you're like, I've held them yeah. for four. I've got to keep holding them. And next thing you know, you've held them and it's almost the playoffs or fantasy. Um, it's a really tough call. I, if you are stacked at your positions, you don't need to fill depth. Then I think it's fine to hold him, but, Man, if you start out own one and you got some holes to fill, I think I think if you're going to move on, just do it this week. I guess that's what I would say here, because once you hold a few weeks, you're not going to want to get rid of them. So uh, I don't know that there's really a good answer for this duty one. I think it kind of comes up to your team and your tolerance for this kind of thing. So uh, it kind of it's it it's pretty frustrating to burn a roster spot for five or six weeks. That's all I'll say. Um, so yeah, a couple other potential drops: Marquez Callaway seventy-two percent rostered, Nicole Hardman sixty-two percent, and Michael Pittman seventy-three percent. Any of them stand out as must add or must holds or must drops?
1: I'm fine dropping Nicole Hardman. I wasn't too int- excited about him this season. I know there's a bunch upside of being a number two receiver in Kansas City. Problem is, I have no idea who the number two receiver in Kansas City is. So he, he's worth dropping. I think these guys that we could add have might have more fantasy value throughout the year. Pittman, I want to hold on to because I think he end up, will end up being the number one receiver. He's the most talented for Indy until T.Y. Hilton comes back. Marquez Callaway, I'm kind of on the borderline for. I'd like to hold him if I can, but I think there are better options on the waiver wire. So I wouldn't drop him for all of these guys, but for probably my top priority, priorities, I would. But if it, as it gets further down the list, then I'll lo- probably just take the upside of Callaway.
0: Yeah, I think Hardman makes sense to drop. I mean, he was just a dart throw. I know he started getting up there and cost as the season went along, but you kind of knew what you're getting into with him. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would probably just move on. It didn't look like his role changed at all from last year. Nobody behind Kelsey and Hill looks to be making a step. Um, Callaway, I would hang on to Callaway. Um, Jameis only threw 20 passes this week. It was a weird game script. He had a ton of snaps. Um, and he also had Jair Alexander to deal with in Green Bay. So I would hang on to Callaway. Pittman, Man, it was just more of the same from the Colts throwing all the running backs and tight ends. Um, it really comes down to how much you believe in the talent for Pittman. Uh, this was also Wentz's
1: first game back. So, yeah, I, I think Pittman, you're holding on to Pitt, but, uh, you know, Pittman. Pittman did see – oh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. no, Pittman did see 97% of the snaps. So, if you're buying yeah. into him being on the field – Mm-hmm. He's gonna be on the field here, and I think he's like I said, he's the most talented. I know we mentioned Zach Pascal. I don't buy that and buy into that long term. Paris Campbell, we've been kind of waiting for him to do something, but I think just Pittman has the most upside, so I want to hold on to that. You know, of a number one receiver for a high powered passing game with with Indy, if Wentz can get going, could have a lot of fantasy value. So I'm, I'm yeah. holding him if I can.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I hold Callaway, Pittman, uh, maybe like of Nicole Hardman, though. Um, all right. That's a good rundown of running backs and receivers. I mean, that's really the most important here. Um, let's go to quarterbacks, though. It's always a tricky one with quarterbacks. Is this player worth spending any fab on, or is it just better to play the streaming game? Um, so I think that's kind of the primary consideration here. Uh, first up is Jameis Winston, 44% rostered. This is probably lower just because the uncertainty before the season by the time they finally named him, people just didn't need to add him. But he's gonna be a hot ad this week. So what do you think about Winston to add as far as your fab goes or your waiver priority?
1: I would hope you'd have a quarterback you're more comfortable with in the draft. But if you were one of those guys who waited on quarterback late in drafts or just played the streaming game, Jameis is a top streamer this year, playing a this week. You're playing a Carolina defense that was pretty bad. I'm going to have a hard time believing that one week and all of a sudden Jameis is cured from all his interception troubles and everything he had in Tampa Bay. He looked better. He did have Mm -hmm. that one terrible pass that was picked off that luckily got called back due to a, a poor roughing the passer penalty as well. I'll I'll try to use nice words on that, but (laughs) if you're streaming quarterbacks, Jameis top priority, Carolina is a very bad defense. They made Zach Wilson look good at times. So I'm definitely, if I need a quarterback, Jameis, I'm definitely going out to get him, but I wouldn't drop, a lot of fad fad because there are other streamers that could be interesting as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've currently got him as my QB 13 for week two. So, you know, it's hard to get him much higher than that. I mean, I got like Stafford and Tannehill and Hertz and Prescott. I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. So that's kind of the issue with Jameis. I would expect games where they got to air it out a lot more than this one. Uh, So I think there are good times ahead, uh, more good times ahead for Jameis. Uh, but they do have a good defense, good running game. They may try to play this way as much as possible. So we'll see. I don't think he's going to throw five touchdowns again. But hey, maybe maybe uh, this is Jameis's year. So yeah, I, as much as I want Jameis, um, I probably have a quarterback on my roster where I don't want to spend anything on him. But I once waivers process. I, I'd take a look. I think that's where I'm at. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, 11% rostered. Pretty solid week one. Uh, but I think it's more about his matchup this week that puts him on the radar.
1: Yep, you're playing against Jacksonville. They made Tyrod Taylor look good. I don't think either of us buy into Tyrod Taylor long-term. So the one slight concern you have is that he did lose Judy, but even after losing Judy, he still looks solid. So super flex, you definitely want to go get him and stream him this week. Uh, Two quarterback leaves, same thing. He's not. I don't think he's super viable long-term, but take advantage of the matchup if you can. That's why I'm not going to spend a ton of fab on Jameis if you're just looking for a one-week streamer, because I think Teddy while clearly Jameson might be better long-term, if you're just looking for a one week, Teddy could put up similar numbers against a very bad defense.
0: Yeah, he's a classic, like, if you can put in a $0 bid for him or uh, get him, you know, 3 a.m. whenever they process in your league or whatever, so you don't have to spend anything on him. Grab him if you need a quarterback. Um, as far as my week two rankings, I mean, it, again, a quarterback, there's only so high you can get him. There's a lot of good quarterbacks, but, I mean, I got him QB 17, so um, it's, a, it's a pretty solid spot for him. Um, I actually have a one spot above Trevor Lawrence, who's maybe one of the potential drops here, 79% rostered um, an up and down performance week one. Would you consider dropping Lawrence for someone like Bridgewater or Winston?
1: I would, I would, if you're playing the streaming game, he looked good at times, but like I said, looked pretty bad at times. And, You know, you don't want to wait too long to make these swaps for streaming games. So I'm willing to drop Lawrence to go get either of these guys for their matchup. Maybe I'd keep him over Teddy just for a little more long-term value. I still think Lawrence will be fine. But if Jameis is out there and I had to make a choice between the two, I'll take Jameis for this week and maybe even for the rest of the season. So I'll drop Lawrence for Jameis, probably not for Teddy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got them right next to each other. I mean, Lawrence, as bad as it looked at times last week, it was 22 points, um, 22 fantasy points, although that was against the Texans defense. Uh, Bridgewater put up 20 against the Jets or I'm sorry, the Giants, which is a much better defense. So um it, it's close uh Bridgewater definitely with the better matchup but yeah I think I would I would I would hold Lawrence for the season long I just I think there's gonna be a lot of really nice game scripts where they're losing where he's throwing a lot so but yeah I, I think it's safe to pull the trigger on Jameis um and move on from Lawrence if you need to and there are really aren't that many other potential cuts for quarterback we were going down the list I mean uh you know someone like Baker Mayfield's at 74% rostered And he plays Houston this week. So I don't think we're moving on from someone like that. There's just not a blot out there. Maybe you could probably move on from Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay, 73% rostered. Um, Would you move on from uh, Matt Ryan for, I think, probably Winston, right? For sure.
1: Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I would do the same. Bridgewater is, I'd probably just hold out hope for Ryan, but I also do not want to start him against Tampa Bay. So, um, yeah, if you're 0-1, I don't fault you for moving on from Matt Ryan here. Agreed. Okay. All right. And that just brings us to defense. Um, we're just going to do a quick rundown of these, um, a couple of potential streaming options. Um, so we'll start at the bottom here. Um, Chicago plays the Bengals this week, 22% rostered. They're going to be available in all your leagues. Burrow got sacked five times last week in very limited dropbacks. So There's some potential there. It's going to be lower down the rankings, but uh, there's potential. Um, Also, Green Bay, 22% rostered. I know they just look terrible, but they're playing the Lions this week. Um, How interested are you in either of those? Do you see them being
1: better than options up above them? Not fully. Um, Chicago, I think, is probably the one I'd be more interested. I know Green Bay just played Detroit, but I mean, he's playing Detroit, but Green Bay just looked terrible against New Orleans, and Detroit kind of showed their way of ruining a good matchup by garbage time points against their matchup with San Francisco. So maybe I'll take a shot on Chicago, but even Cincinnati, I'll compliment your Bengals. They look pretty good on offense, so they'll put up some points. So uh, this week's not a great week for streaming defenses. I think you're pretty set with who you have and just uh, move Mm -hmm. on. The ones that have great matchups just are either too rostered or are just not good defenses that you don't want to start even in those matchups?
0: Yeah, one that could be available, uh, Cleveland Browns. I mean, they just played the Chiefs, so there's a chance they hit waivers in some leagues. Um, They play the Texans this week. I I would think the Browns get the lead on the Texans and just hammer them and uh, get some sacks. I mean, Miles Garrett looked awfully good. So I would definitely be going after the Browns. Um, You think about the Browns? Any others you saw as potential ads here?
1: The only one, maybe it's a very high roster, but New England, they're 82% rostered, but maybe people weren't buying into it. They're playing in the Jets. So if they're still sitting out there for some reason, definitely get the Patriots. But Cleveland, I would agree with that. That's a, a high priority ad if I'm streaming defenses.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that wraps about up all of it. Um, I don't know that we need to talk about kickers a whole lot. Um, I, it's, uh, I, I will say that the Bengals rookie kicker looked awfully good. Um, if you wanted to add him, I, I think he's in a decent spot. So uh, McPherson, Um, He he looked really good Hit a 53 yarder in the game winner. So if you need someone who might not have been drafted, uh, go get McPherson, but you got a kicker specials before we get out of here. I don't have kicker specials,
1: but did we want to do tight end?
0: This tight end is so miserable, but uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do tight ends. Fine. So we've only got a couple (laughs) options here. Got ahead of myself. Uh, Juwan Johnson, 10% rostered for the saints. Uh, Jared cook, 26% rostered for the uh, chargers. Um, Dalton Schultz, 1% rostered for the Cowboys. Cole Komet, 34% rostered for the Bears. Um, talk me through kind of your priorities here and uh, if any of these move the needle for you.
1: None of them really move the needle for me. I guess the most interested I'd be in would be Cole Komet. He, he's 30, like you said, he's 34% roster. He was on the field for 74% of snaps compared to Jimmy Graham, who was only out there for, I believe it was like 15%, 20%, something in that range. So Komet, he was kind of a late round flyer. A lot of te- people are looking out there. I know Dalton didn't look good, but if you get Justin Fields in a quarterback, he's going to get the targets. We didn't, he could even be the two. I know you're interested in Darnell Mooney. I do like that, hmm. but you never know. Komet could be the next target after Allen Robinson. Cook, there's just competition from there. We never there's a lot of excitement for Parnum, so I'm just kind of staying clear of a little more boring, but consistent with Jared Cook. I'll take the upside of Cole Komet if I can.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I guess neither of us are sold by Juwan Johnson. I know a lot of people are going to add him two touchdowns, but ultimately he only had three targets, and, I mean, his snap share was super low. I mean, it was still Troutman on the field. So, you know, maybe this develops more. He gets more snaps, but you're just really banking on making it work on on a very limited amount of snaps here. So I would not be playing Juwan Johnson. If you wanted to sit him on your bench as your tight end too, maybe I'm just not one to roster two tight ends personally. I don't know about you, Callan.
1: Yeah, same. If it was, I'd probably go. I, I'm still, I still want to believe in Adam Troutman. He was someone I was kind of interested in a late round flyer. So I want to believe there's still something with him. But I'm, like you said, three targets, 27% of the time on the field for Johnson. He's kind of one of those, if he gets the touchdown, he'll be good. But I, okay. I'm not buying into it long term.
0: Okay. And then any tight ends you're looking to cut? I know a lot of people are frustrated with Gasicki, 84% rostered, Hunter Henry, 57%. um, Would you kind of stick with kind of like the pedigree on these players or are you just bailing for the next hot one? uh, You know, someone who scored a touchdown last week or something.
1: I'll I'll bail on Gasicki. They're getting Will Fuller back. So that's going to create more competition for targets. And he didn't see many of those this past week. He only saw an 8% target share and didn't catch any of it. So I'm bailing on Gasicki. I'm done. Move on from him. But I, I think that's about it. Hunter Henry, yeah Yeah, fine you can bail on him as well
0: yeah and i wish i want to say we'll add dalton schultz uh six receptions for the cowboys offense that's intriguing but i just i think blake jarwin's gonna be involved too and they're just gonna eat into each other's work so i think that's probably why he misses both of our lists here yep absolutely all right well that wraps up uh, our first waiver wire podcast of the year next time i will not forget tight ends i know it's such an exciting position but um <laughs> yeah give us a follow um on twitter at the qb list we'll have a waiver wire article up you can cross check aj passman's uh thoughts uh against ours and see which you agree with more um uh, but thanks for listening we will be back late wednesday early thursday with the sit start podcast